Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. All right, now I, I, I want to talk about the subject here prepared beforehand. And let me go with you. If you can, go with me uh, really quickly. Uh, that's the famous preaching quote, go with me really quickly. In South Africa, we like to say quickly, quickly for everything. Quickly, let's go over to this. Quickly, let's do this. Quickly, ushers, quickly, quickly, quickly. All right, so we're gonna quickly have a service here today that will bless you. And hopefully it will also be quickly, amen? Yeah. Praise God. So uh, you can go to Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, in the meantime, and while you're going there, I want to open up just really with one scripture here, which is, Ecclesi- is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 15. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 15. It says, that which has already been, somebody say already been. Already. Which, what does that mean if it's already been? It's somewhere in the past, right? Okay, and that which is to be has already been. So here we see, that which has already been, I mean, that which is, let me go back there. That which has already been, so that's past. And that which is to be has already been. So both, everything, we're talking about past, present and future are still in the past according to what I'm reading right now. Some of you are looking at me like, what on earth is this guy talking about? This is not, well, actually it's sort of like the matrix. So you're with me. And it says here, and God requires an account of what is past. Say that with me. God requires an account of what is past. That which has already been and that which is to be has already been. Doesn't that sound a little bit strange? So basically what we can deduce here, and God requires an account of what that which is past. So God has seen from the beginning of time. You know, before God even said, where do we start here? And we're gonna get, I've got, I mean, I'm loaded. I'm telling you that I'm loaded here this morning. So Holy Spirit, I thank You for the divine wisdom and guidance on how to get every word that You want to get forth here today. In Jesus' Name, I rely on You, I trust You. Right now, let my tongue be as the pen of a ready writer. So in South Africa, we have a, a famous expression. I don't know if you remember this a while back. You might've been here still, but news got around the world that a certain somebody said, where do you start? And he was quoting Genesis in the Beninging. Do you remember the Beninging? All right, okay. One of our presidents opened up to the book of Genesis and said, in the beginning, in the Beninging. Okay, somebody say Beninging. Beninging. All right, so we're in the beginning. In the beginning, we've got to start off there. So before God even said, let there be light, So let me just go ahead. God started at the end, worked His way back and then created. Oh, come on. Let me just say that one more time. God started at the end and the end is our victory. The end is His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. His end is complete victory for the church. He started at the end, reversed all His way back. And before He even said, let there be light, He had you on His mind. You, before He gave this, what we call terra firma, earth, before He even gave earth its form, you were on His mind because you were His divine intention before the formation of this earth. He gave this terra firma as a medium and a place for us to function in divine jurisdiction and kingdomship. He gave the earth form so that we would have a place to take dominion. Are you with me? Oh, come on. I'm just trying to paint a picture for you here this morning. So let's go back here. That which has already been and that which is to be has already been. And God is requiring an account of what is past. So even though we might be in our present, it is past to Him. And God has got a divine destiny. Remember before He breathed, let there be light from His mouth. The word that proceeded from His mouth, you were on His mind and nobody is here by mistake. You are not a coincidence. You are not a thought uh, that happened in your mom and dad's mind a romantic moment. You're none of those things. Maybe you came into the world like that, but God used everything to bring you and breathe life into you that you become a living being. Are you with me? With a divine purpose. 
Come on, we're going somewhere here. Ephesians chapter two, number eight says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So you are not saved on your own merit, but from the gift of God. You receive grace by placing your faith in the one that saved you, amen. Amen. And that grace enables you, that grace empowers you, that grace gives you every good thing that flows down from the throne room of Christ's finished work and all of the riches of His provisions. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. You were created for good works, which God prepared for uh, beforehand that we should walk in them. The Passion Translation in that same verse, and we're probably gonna start a little bit back. It says, we have become His poetry, a recreated people. Come on, you have been recreated. You were once in the kingdom of darkness. You've been translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. Not only were you transfer, transferred in kingdoms, but your spirit that was cut off from God was regenerated. You didn't just become a new person. You became a brand new species of being. You were recreated. Are you with me? A people that were fulfilled. Look, yeah, we have become His poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny He has given each of us. For we are, who? Who's we? The plurality, we the body are joined. Come on, are you with me? Let me make sure I'm in the right place here. We are joined to who? Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, somebody say, even before I was born. God planned in advance our destiny. Come on, I'm just trying to reaffirm some things here. We're not here by mistake. God, God planned in advance our destiny and, and, and the good works we would do to fulfill it. So God who started at the end, reversed His way back and then spoke everything into existence, said He knew you beforehand, along with everything that His assignment allocated to you while you have breath in your body. Hey, listen, some of you go, well, you know, I don't know about you, but look, I'm, I, 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 I don't count myself as being as significant. Don't live in the boat of comparison nor compare yourself to anybody. There is a grace for your place. You find the grace that God has put upon your life and, and the rest of God will come into your life as you function in the grace for your place. But there is not one grace that is greater than the other grace. And when we are over on the other side of eternity, that we're, we're not gonna be dealing in terms of this one was standing in front of thousands and this one was standing in front of twos and threes. God's not looking at you with a reward or going, man, you only serve three. So here's your little, come on, I'm gonna give you a number one Mac meal supersized because you did pretty good. And to the other, He says, you preached in front of thousands. Therefore, here, hear ye, hear ye, all the courts of heaven. I would like to provide him with a Rolls Royce. And it's not the Green New Deal over there, so it'll probably come with fuel or diesel. I'm just making that up. (laughs) You don't say. But you, you, were, you came out of your mother's womb and this is kind of like me ad-libbing into what I have to say here this morning. By virtue of you coming out of your mother's womb, you are a winner. Amen. Somebody say, I am a wiener. Not a wiener, a winner. I know it's the way that I said it. Do you know that at this thing called conception, and we're not gonna get into how that happens, 
I've tried it four times and I've got four children because of it. Gabe over there has got six. Some of you have more and, and you don't need any practice. But the point is, we're not getting into the details. But do you know that at conception, at the point where the, where the little swimmer reaches the egg, he is contending in a war zone with millions of other swimmers, yet God found it fit that in the millions that you were up against, you found it to the egg and you made it to that egg and you said, oh, glorious day. And you got to the egg and the egg, there was life that came in and here you are. You are a winner just by virtue of being alive. He prepared, when God says He prepared, a, He prepared us beforehand, it also means He made us ready. Before when? When did He make us ready? Beforehand. God made you ready beforehand. Are you with me? Come on. This is why I'm going to the garden of God's original intention, the dominion of man. You see, we forgot the God-given mandate that God has given to men in the earth and we become distracted by this thing and that thing and the media persuasion coming at you all day, every day. We get so caught up and we purchase, we buy, we invest our time and our, and our thoughts and all of our processes go into that, that we begin to take on another mandate and we forget about the original mandate that God gave to man in the garden when He said, subdue the earth, take dominion, take territory because the earth is mine and the fullness of it and everything the enemy stopped you from having in the first Adam, I took out of the second Adam to give it right back to you and the mandate remains the same that you subdue the earth, take dominion, multiply in every sense of the meaning. Come on now. He didn't say escape the earth. He said subdue the earth. Nowhere in the Scripture does the Bible peddle or distill or transmit a message that says escape the earth. I'm sorry for you here today and I'm not, look, we all believe that the kingdom of God is coming. We all believe that there is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. What that looked like may vary across this room, but every, uh, every uh, theological uh, 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 perspective on this, we all agree that Jesus is coming back. And the church must stick with the absolutes. What do we absolutely know? Somebody say absolute. absolute. What is an absolute? That means an absolute is an absolute because that's what an absolute means. An absolute means it's clear. There is no way, six ways of Sunday that we can interpret it any other way. What is an absolute? The absolute is occupy till I come. Those are very, how do you translate that? It doesn't say maybe I'll come or sit down, pack your suitcase and escape, maybe I'll come. It says occupy. What is the word occupy? To be busy with, busy with what? Busy with the mandate that was given to you in the garden that He made you ready for beforehand. To hell with the earth, we're just gonna get out of here while catastrophe comes. What kind of a gospel is that? Oh, come on now, somebody, don't look at me like that. You know I'm telling you the truth. And hidden and embedded in there is that it's all up to God and He's gonna get it all done. He's gonna get her done. Just like the QAnon garbage. 
Watch and see. You just sit back and watch. Q is nothing but a psyop. Hear me loud and clear. It is a psychological operation of epic, stupid proportions. It's nonsense. Somebody's not giving me an amen here, but I don't really care. How many more times are you gonna sit through? There's gonna be 10 days with electricity. In the, how many times have you heard that power's gonna go off for 10 days and then all of this stuff's gonna happen? And then, then there's six months later, oh, guess what? The 10 days of power's gonna be shut off again. Come on, man. That's happened about 10 times. They are playing you. You are being played. JFK is dead. He's six foot under. And maybe a video you saw of him is what they call the deep fake. Maybe that's the deep fake. All of these distractions, sit back and watch. The gospel isn't sit back and watch. The gospel is occupy until I come. Be the hands and feet of Jesus in the earth. I told you I came loaded this morning. Man, I'm not angry. I'm angry at the silliness of some stuff that's out there that we swallow hook, line and sinker. God has called us to, to, He said, go out and multiply in addition to subdue the earth. Some, of, some people are irritated now that I actually messed with their cue. <laughs> Just get over it and don't hold it against me. Go after Trump. <laughs> let's not go there. Let's not, let's, let's not, let's, let's just stick with the program here. Come on, we need it. Let's talk about the two dimensional. God said, multiply. So there is a physical multiplication that God has given us uh, jurisdiction and power and authority. You served well. I see you have one in her arms right now. You, You have been physically multiplying. God bless you in the United States of America. How many do you have now? It's a third, right? Okay, well, I've got four and I'm doing it for my country because the birth rate's really dropping. So everybody have as many babies as you can. I'm just joking. So the two dimensions, so so we have the ability to multiply, but we have to also spiritually multiply. Come on, when God spoke to Abraham and He said, in you all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed and your children will be as the sand. Come on, uh, come on, the sand of the stars. Forgive me, I'm quoting, I'm just coming off the top of my head right now. But anyway, He said that basically was saying, He wasn't only talking about the Jewish people, He was including the Gentiles that we would become the spiritual seed of Abraham, that there would be a spiritual multiplication on behalf down the bloodline of Abraham would eventually come the second Adam that would incorporate us and Peter is the one that gets the revelation. He's hungry. God says, okay, you're hungry. Let me give you a dream about your hunger. Here's a pig, eat it. And Peter says, no, I won't touch it. That's unclean. He said, don't you call unclean what I call clean. And then he understood when he woke up that by the time the Gentile messages came to him from the house of Cornelius, he knew, oh, the Gentiles are also included when he gets to the house of the Gentiles. He preaches, the Bible says, that the Holy Spirit, while Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell. He came like a loving, warm, embrace blanket upon the Gentiles because for the first time since the fall of Adam, the Spirit of God is now able to occupy the Gentiles. Come on, thank you, Jesus. We are here by virtue of being placed into that vine. Amen. 
So God wants us to both multiply and to spiritually multiply ourselves. I call it the symmetrical, and this is me. I didn't take notes from anybody this morning. I'm coming to bring to you what God has put in my spirit, and I call it the symmetrical wisdom of God. If God begins at the end, goes all the way back, and then says, let there be light, He's starting from the end and to the back. There's also the symmetrical wisdom of God because the first Adam causes something to happen that the second Adam now has to undo. And for those of you that understand symmetry, if you take a sheet of paper, split it down the middle, take some wet paint and put several colours down the spine in the middle of that page and then fold it back up and then begin to press on that paint and take a a device and, and, and shift the paint around and then open up the picture, you will have a symmetrical painting or picture in front of you that replicates what is on the left is on the right, but it's in reverse. Are you with me? The cross is the middle of that page. Think about this. There's the man, there's the tree, there's the whirlwind, there's the whirlwind, there's the tree, and then there is the man. Come on, let me do that one more time. All right, there's the man, there's the tree, there's the whirlwind. Symmetry says that there's the whirlwind, there's the tree, and there's the man. The man, the tree, the whirlwind. The whirlwind, the tree, the man. The first Adam, the second Adam. Are you with me? The tree... Of every tree you can have, Adam, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it because in the day that you shall eat of it, you shall surely, what? You shall surely die. You shall surely be cut off. And hence the whirlwind. So God comes in His infinite wisdom in the whirlwind, then brings the tree called the cross of Calvary so that He can bring the man who would be on that cross to deliver us, position us in what the first Adam had, but in a greater position because He took care of the first tree and we have His righteousness on account of Him and instead of our obedience to obey to the tree. Obey the tree. Sorry, right to the tree. Come on, anybody in the house, are you seeing what I'm saying here? So it's like this. Come on, we're running. Dun, 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 dun. And then we get to the middle of the line. And then all of a sudden it's. And you've got Christ as victor on this side who delivers the keys of death, hell and the grave into the hands of every believer. And He says the Holy Spirit that's been waiting for such a long period of time, He's coming and He shows up like a mighty rushing wind, not because He just wanted to show up and show off like a Pentecostal on that day and be real charismatic on how He arrives, but simply because He's going, since Adam, I have not been able to be inside man with the divine intention of God like he originally thought and he shows up like a mighty rushing wind. Come on. I'm gonna read this really quickly. Genesis chapter one, verse 26 to 20, and then chapter two, one through three. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to, one li- according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Come on, let's say dominion. dominion. Over the, you don't say this part, just say over the, don't say that, sorry. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over, every, over all. Somebody say all. all. Somebody say all. all. Over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And I've seen a lot of creeps. 
So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. Then God blessed them and He said to them, be fruitful, be multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. In other words, take territory for the earth is yours and I've given it to you because of my authority and power. You have jurisdiction, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I've given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I've given every green herb for food and it was so. Then God saw that he had made, uh, that everything he had made and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Somebody say sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended His work, which He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His works, which He had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it, He rested from all His work, which God had created and made. Adam was made in the evening of the sixth day and God looked at it and He was very happy with it. He did everything that needed to be done to produce for Himself His original intention. He started at the end, worked his way from the beginning, formed the earth and he says, all right, now I'm going to blow into the dust. And Adam became a living being. That part was the original intention. Come on, somebody. And guess how he introduces his original intention, which is created in his image. He introduces him to perfect rest. He introduces him in the evening of the day, which is the beginning of the day, according to Jewish custom. So Adam's first living breath, obviously his introduction to life is rest, complete rest. Why? Because everything Adam was needed was already taken in the garden. His provision, his food, everything that he would need to function was given to him and all he needed to do was subdue the earth, take dominion. It was there for the taking and God positioned him that way so that he would have uninterrupted fellowship with him so that whenever God would call upon him, he wouldn't be working by the sweat of his brow, doing something or be found labouring, but that when God spoke, he would immediately say, yes, sir. Why? Because when Adam took his first breath, he didn't go to God. Hey, God, how can I help you? Because that would have been futile. God would have looked at him and said, nothing, Adam, it is finished. That doesn't mean that I am advocating that we are not to work or not to do anything. No, get off your blessed assurance. If you don't work, you don't eat. Come on. But there is a way in the finished work of Jesus that you can begin to walk in the rest of God. You see, it is called Holy Spirit-led activity that will produce for you and not the work of the flesh that you just do anything you want whenever you want. Just obey the voice of God. Otherwise you will become like Saul who, you know, when, when the prophet spoke to him and, 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 and he said, obedience is better than sacrifice. But, Saul went over into the place of sacrifice when God never asked him to. And how many people in the body of Christ today are going before God in their closet saying, but Lord, I've done this for you and I've done this for you and I've done this. And we come to him with our list of what we've done for him. And God is saying, but I never asked you to do that. And he can't bless it. Why can't he bless it? Because he will keep you in your ignorance. God is not about enabling you to be a glutton for punishment. Are you with me? Obedience. Holy Spirit-led activity. There is a grace, there is a labouring, but it is from the position of rest that Jesus acquired for you. 
Amen? Amen. God creates him last in his wisdom, sets us up just so that on this side, Jesus is still saying to you, every provision, I want it for you. Everything you need was put in my body. I purchased everything that you need, every provision. You see, here's the thing that the church has been taught, that we start out having to really warfare from a place of defeat. Like we're going to war in the heavenly places and we start out, oh God, that you would, and I'm totally feeling defeated in my warfare. There is no such thing as a defeated warfare. Jesus fully acquired the victory. So when you go down on your knees and you get to warfare before God, it's a different kind of warfare because you come boldly on your knees and you say, Lord, you purchased every provision for me. I already have the victory. You never started out in defeat, you started out in victory. Now begin to pray as one who has the victory in your posture of prayer. That puts all the glory on Him and less of the glory on you. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. I've done pretty good here. Thank you, Jesus. That's a lot in 30 minutes. Maybe I can slow it down a little bit. Predestined. Come on. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 30. Romans chapter number 8, verse 28 through 30. I'm almost I'm concluding here. Come on, somebody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Somebody say, I'm glad I came to church today. To church. Now act like you mean it. <laughs> Come on, I told you I'm developing an app. I've already got the patent on it. It's, it's gonna be a Christian app for people that are saved. And then every once in a while, it's just gonna be about notifications. And every once it'll have a bunch of proverbs that'll come up randomly that you can read. But there'll be some Christian uh, uh, notifications that will come up and say, smile, remind yourself that you're saved. Yeah. <laughs> people are watching you right now, smile. <laughs> are you with me? Romans chapter 28, verse 8, sorry, verse 28. And, and we know that all things work together for the good for those that love God, to those that are called according to His purpose. Come on now, somebody listen to me. Let me just stop right there. And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to His purpose. Somebody say according, according. to his, his purpose. Uh, say that one more time, according, according to His purpose. That all means something. According to His purpose is according to His original intent. Not, a, not, not your purpose. All things work out together for the good who love God, who walk according to His purpose, His divine intention for which He made us ready beforehand. He's speaking of that purpose the eternal purposes for which you were created. Amen? Amen. For whom He foreknew, that means to know beforehand. The word foreknew there means to know beforehand. For whom He foreknew or to know beforehand, He also predestined. Somebody say pre. pre. Destined. Pre, P-R-E, dash, destined. The word destined also contains within it the word destiny. Are you with me? For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed into the image of His Son. So that He might be, who's the He here? So that He might be, who's the He? Jesus. That He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus is the original prototype that He might, for whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed into the image of His Son. Come on, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Come on, just listen to me right now. Unless, how many of you heard the Scripture? Unless a grain of wheat 
dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it will produce a harvest. Are you with me? So the seed must die before it can reproduce a harvest. The seed must die before it can multiply. The seed must die so that the seed of original intent can reproduce more of its same kind and multiply and subdue the earth according to the instruction of that seed. Jesus was the firstborn who died. He went to the cross. Come on, he 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 he, he was he, he by his stripes we were healed. We know all of the event that took place. Come on, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Unless a grain of wheat dies, it remains alone. He he was the first seed, the original seed of its kind, was resurrected so that his seed could come on the inside of you and extend the original intention of God for man. Come on, am I talking science here this morning? Am I talking like I'm on some weird dimension? No, I'm just talking about what is being unveiled and unraveled to my spirit and my eyes and Good Lord Almighty, I'm excited about it. We're predestined, but let me just say this really quickly. Somebody say this, destiny is not a location. It's a person. Say that one more time, destiny is not a place, it's a person. What do I mean by that? The person of Jesus is being formed in you. Paul said, right? Paul, Paul said himself, I believe it's in Galatians 4, I put it down, 4.19, and I actually put it here in the Passion Translation. You are my deal child, but I agonize. Whew, I call that the apostolic burden. It's the apostolic burden that, is, that comes with an apostolic anointing. He says, but I, Paul speaking, I agonize in spiritual labor pains. The other translation says, I travail with a weighty prayer in the spirit. So I labour with labor pains. I agonize once again until the anointed one will be fully formed in your hearts. Until the anointed one who has come, the seed has come to you. You are born again, but that seed must begin to produce the original intention of the Father that was given to you from the beginning. And He says, for that I agonise because if you will apprehend what has been done for you, the seed will begin to produce and the life and the glory and the anointing of God will begin to be made manifest in your life like you have never seen it. And this burden is what Paul carried. His fight with the early church was for the formation of Jesus because he knew if the church could get it, there would be a world-shaking, shifting thing that would begin to happen. And just maybe we're that generation. That he never agonised. Of course, we know the one that we are to be concerned with who agonised for us was Christ. But the labour of Paul's investment will also not go unwasted. Because we are a people who will hear the call of what is written in the Scripture. 
And let me tell you something, the Apostle Paul, who wrote two thirds of the New Covenant, understood better than anybody else what the New Covenant church should look like. He carried that revelation. He was transporting it. It wasn't theology. It was the impartation of a person. And when he got up to minister, it was the overflow of that revelation and understanding. Not just words written on paper. It was life. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter if you get to the place of your destiny, but you are ill equipped with the person. But if you carry the person when you get to the place, you will take your place. You will occupy, you will take dominion, you will take territory. And let me just tell you right now, what you hear today, the forces of darkness do not like to hear. The spirit of religion is symmetrically opposed to it. We spoke about symmetry, so you understand, symmetrically opposed. And I told you I'm, I'm done. Did I? Okay, I'm, 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 I'm winding down here. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I might say that for myself. Jeremiah chapter 1. We'll start at verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me. This is Jeremiah saying, Before I formed you. I knew you beforehand. I prepared you beforehand. There was my original intention, Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb. I knew you. I started at the end and I worked my way back. Jeremiah, I know you. And I, 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 not only did I form you, but you were born, before you were born, but I sanctified you. In other words, I took my thumbprint and I you and I sanctified you. I set you apart and decreed you as separated for my purpose as a prophet. And I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. How much more here on this side of the cross that God has made us all prophets, priests and kings. That the word of the Lord to Jeremiah is the word of the Lord to you today. Before you were in your mother's womb, before time began, I knew you, you are not a mistake. I took my thumb and I put my thumb of approval upon you and I decree and I sanctified you. I separated you with my calling. And I called you as prophets to the nations. A prophet of what? A prophet of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. A prophet of, guess what? And I, and I put this here somewhere here. Uh, with, uh, you, were, you were placed in the second Adam. I didn't even read this. You were placed in the second Adam as the second Adam. I'll read this for you quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 46 through 49. It says, however, the spiritual is not the first, but the natural. Afterward is the spiritual. The first man was of the earth made of the dust. That's the first Adam. The second man is the Lord from heaven, who is Jesus. And as the man of the dust, so are also those who are made of the dust, as is the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. And as we have been born in the image of man of the dust, 
come on in the first Adam, so shall we also bear the image of the heavenly man. As we were in the first, so in like manner, know this, you are of the second. You were, come on, you come on, I'll make that statement. You were placed in the second Adam as the second Adam. That he's the firstborn among many brethren. In other words, the seed that would come after him would be the, his little brothers and sisters as replicas containing and having been provided with the full authority of heaven to rule, to subdue and to take dominion in the earth according to his original intention. Let's give Jesus a shout of praise here this morning. I couldn't wait to get here today. I mean, I was full. I mean, I, I was full. And we'll continue to be full. And we'll continue to pour out. But I pray that you are not sitting here with an, a, a posture of a theological mind that wishes to get more information to impress the minds of men. But I pray that like the Apostle Paul, who was not trying to transmit just theology, he was trying to transmit the person and the intentions of God to the New Testament church, that in like manner today by the Spirit of heaven, that the anointing of God will apprehend you, not your head, but your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Ha ha God is wrecking your world, buddy, in the best way possible. That which you hear, you shall be a carrier of today. That which you hear today, you will be a carrier of. Watch this space. The apostolic burden is coming upon you. Hallelujah. Come on. Jeremy, everything's going to make sense. It's all going to make sense. There's no pressure. I just want to encourage you, you rest in God. You rest in Him. The Spirit of God is working with you. He's going to do it. The only thing you need to do is just say, Lord, I make my heart available to you. That's it. So in other words, you've yielded Him. You've put Him in the position to do what He can do. And watch, He'll do it supernaturally. You don't have to have it all figured out. It's okay. It's okay. God's bringing you and allowing you to be in, in a position of just being. Just be. Don't take on the pressure of this one or that one or this one's opinion and that one's opinion. You be you. And let the Holy Spirit do Him. In you. I think that's a word for some men in this place here. You be you. Nobody's putting pressure on you to be anything other than what He's called you to be, no matter what that looks like. We're not playing the games of comparison here. We just wanna be who God's called us to be. Be. In Him we live and move and have our being. This isn't a church where we are, where, where we are cultivating human doings. 
Our culture is developing people who will become human beings, being the image and flavour of Christ in the earth. Free from judgment, free from guilt, free from condemnation. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, there we go. 1228, glory to God. The, The plane has landed. Anything you want to say? Excellent. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right, well, let's go ahead and have those. I mean, like guys, I mean, do I have to lay hands on you here today? I mean, if you want prayer, we're not going to dismiss that. If you want prayer, come and pray. We have leaders. I will help pray for you, no problem. But I just feel today, it's like it's not a, this is not about having hands laid on you. This is about hearing with the ear of the Spirit, digesting. And if I was, I mean, look, I mean, I've said a lot of things on Sundays, but today's one is special. Today's is very special. I would encourage you to listen to this one. We're gonna have it, it's gonna be put on the podcast. I mean, it's like every first time person that ever walks through this door, we should have a flash drive and put that in their hands and say, here, take a little hit of this. You need to hit, we need to give them a little flash drive to listen to this message today because if, if I believe this accurately represents who we are and our heart and where we are going. Amen? I'm excited for the future. Somebody say, look to your neighbour and say, I'm excited for the future. In Jesus' Name. All right, let's go and have the last two slides up really quickly. We're gonna receive our offering this morning. We're not gonna labour this either. If you are here and you wanna give today, right there to my right, your left, um, there's a box. Go ahead and grab an envelope. If you are writing out checks, make them out to DRM or Destiny Revival Ministries. And, uh, or you can put cash. If you are a regular giver, you don't have to write down all of your details every single time and that's okay. Just put your name because we already have you recorded and we know where you live. Unless it's a new address, I'm just trying to save you the time from writing everything over. All right, then you can give online. Go to www.destinyrevivalministries.com. Go to the Give Today button and you can give safely and securely there. Or you can text to give. For those of you watching my way of live stream, you can go to the website. Or you can use this option if you live in America. Text the word GIVE to 337-434-3777. As soon as you click, uh, text the word GIVE to that number, you will get a text back where you can click on that link where you can give safely and securely. I always say safely and securely because we spent money to have a little S on the end of our HTTP, which is for your security, HTTPS. Colon, colon, forward slash, forward slash, so that you can give safely and securely. All right, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We love you. Somebody say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus. Go in the blessing of the Lord, the favour of Almighty God, in the name of Yeshua the Christ, in Jesus' name, be blessed. And God bless you for those of you watching by way of live stream. Amen. <laughs>